Welcome to Aspen Insight from the Aspen Institute. I'm Marcy Krivenin in Aspen, Colorado. And in Washington, D.C., I'm Zach St. Louis. It's the first episode of season two, and we're back bringing you the voices of the trailblazers inside the Institute who are working to find solutions to some of society's toughest challenges. But this season, we're diving even deeper into their stories. We'll explore everything from the history of the American West and entrepreneurs in the developing world to innovative education practices and so much more. You'll also hear from our expert colleagues who will help make sense of what you're seeing in the headlines. Expect more episodes from us than you saw in season one, and each show will be a little shorter and focus on a specific topic or story. Look for a new episode in your podcast feeds the last week of each month, and keep an eye out in between for special bonus episodes. And speaking of change, I wanted to kick off season two by introducing you to the Aspen Institute's new president and CEO, Dan Porterfield. Porterfield took the helm of the Institute on June 1st of this year and got to work spending a busy summer here at our campus in Aspen. Now he's back here at our D.C. headquarters, and I caught up with him. He talks about what the Aspen Institute is, how his background as the president of Franklin and Marshall College influences his work, and what he's most looking forward to in the coming months. Here's our conversation. Dan Porterfield, the new CEO of the Aspen Institute, my new boss, uh, thanks for sitting down with us today here on Aspen Insight. Thanks, Zach. Great to be here. Thanks for giving me the chance. So we've just come out of a really busy summer in Aspen, your first summer, but I was hoping before we talk about that, we could talk a little bit about you and what brought you here. I know your past is really rooted in higher education. You spent a lot of time at Georgetown as a professor, as a dean. You were the president of Franklin and Marshall College. This is clearly a change, the Aspen Institute, and I'm wondering what made you want to make that change and how you view your role here at the Aspen Institute as a continuation of that work. Uh, I think I think working in higher education is an incredible privilege and opportunity in 21st century America because this country is so full of talented, strong, optimistic uh, young people from all walks of life, north, south, east, and west, urban and rural, immigrant U.S. born, uh, it's an exciting time to be in higher education, to try to uh, work with young people to help them develop what's great inside of them so that they can live fulfilled lives and make great differences for our country and the world. Uh, exciting uh, times for higher education, and the Aspen Institute does all that and does it in many ways in addition to supporting college aspirations of great students. It promotes public health. It promotes economic development. It helps to heal divides within communities um, it, it fosters a we rather than us versus them mentality. Um, it encourages schools and, and businesses and government entities to all work together, team up for the common good. Uh, it introduces great speakers to the American public um, and gives us as a country the chance to hear voices from uh, all walks of life, whether it's students that survived a shooting in Florida or uh, tribal leaders that are mobilizing their youth to create uh, great learning opportunities, or um, business leaders that are trying to figure out the next wave of innovation that will make a difference for society. The Aspen Institute finds and cultivates and puts a spotlight on outstanding thinkers and voices. What surprised you the most about your first, let's say, six months here? The Aspen Institute is a great global force for good that's working in all sorts of communities and on many different issues. It's a little bit like the force in Star Wars. It's everywhere, always working for good. And it's exciting to see how many different ways the Aspen Institute delivers its mission. Uh, and so what's surprising, though, is that few entities in America 
work in so many different communities in so many different ways, from fostering discussions of major ideas to investing in leadership development, from uh, 30 different programs that seek to make impacts in society and social improvements to 10 Aspens around the world in Central Europe and France and uh, Italy and Spain and in, uh, in India. Uh, the Aspen Institute has a wider reach than virtually any organization I can think of. Another word that we talk about a lot when we think about what the Aspen Institute is, is this word nonpartisan. And I'm curious what that means to you, uh, to be a nonpartisan institution, especially now. I think to be nonpartisan is to be uh, open to, to all points of view, uh, to have a constructive respect for the reality that people come to the major issues of the day from different stances and perspectives, and that our job is to bring them together into productive conversation. Not to change their points of view, but to see if together they can find common ground, common solutions to the big issues of the day, whether that's income security or climate change, whether that's uh, hyper-partisanship across the country or the importance of investing in the skill development of young people so they can uh, hold good jobs in the future. And there's a lot of issues in our society today that really are not partisan issues. We have to be able to bring our country together to find its common purposes and its common um, opportunities. And that, is, that work can only be done by an institution that's committed to not taking a political side. What kind of impact could the Aspen Institute have what impact does it have? What kind of impact should it be having? And when I say the word impact, when we talk about all of this leadership development, when we talk about bringing all of these voices together, what is the end goal? And what, is that, what does that mean to you? I think outcomes are when people gather up together and make a demonstrable impact that can, that can actually be you know, assessed, measured, evaluated, and then uh, built upon. So, for example, Randall Kempner has built this incredible network called Andy at the Asp Institute that gathers up uh, uh, colleagues that are promoting uh, entrepreneurial development on small businesses all across uh, the the Southern Hemisphere. It's incredible the impact that they're having and create helping to create literally thousands of new businesses in parts of the world where economic development is the difference between life and death, or differently. Uh, we have this great initiative called the Stevens Initiative through which our educators are using digital technology to create virtual exchanges between students in the Middle East and North Africa and America. Not just 100 students or 500 students, but 15,000 students connecting to, so they can see each other and understand a little better the worldviews and the stances and the commonality they share. Uh, then we have a set of programs in leadership development where every single year we're identifying more than 300 highly successful people and inviting them to join a cohort that over 18 months will empower them to create a venture that will make a demonstrable difference in society and then implement that venture so that it succeeds. Our mentoring through the Aspen Global Leaders Network, for example, has led to a woman named Hope Azeda in Rwanda creating uh, a whole arts festival that allows performers to come together to explore the trauma of conflict and the depths of the human experience that the Rwandan genocide brings forward. 
And then we have a, one of our colleagues uh, named Govindra works in India. He's developed an incredible program that, that to respond to the reality that fake news leads to societal violence when people are wrongly accused on the internet of having done something atrocious. His program fights against that by getting accurate information very timely out to the communities that are at risk of overreacting to a provocation and sort of exact and exacting mob violence. Uh, it's, it's so interesting to me to see how a Randall Kempner is working at the level of business development, how the Stevens Initiative is working at the level of educational exchange, cross-cultural, using the Internet, and how the Aspen Global Leaders Network is investing in leadership development of individuals that will create ventures that will transform aspects of their society. These are all different ways that the Aspen Institute is creating impacts. And what's critical for us to do as a society is to bring an, an entrepreneurial and optimistic spirit into the work of building the good society so that we are restlessly seeking solutions and testing the solutions we enact by measuring whether there's real impact or not. A word that I hear you repeating a lot in there is leadership. And how does that play in? The origins of the ASP Institute were, were based on the idea that society needed to convene its leaders for ethical reflection about the values that drive them as human beings to leave their very finest impact on the world and the values of a society and a civilization that enable all to flourish. So for to me, the Aspen idea of leadership is that leadership is servant leadership. The leader has the privileged opportunity to lead in order to make influences that enhance the common good. The Aspen idea of leadership is also that even acting alone, the single person can make a dramatic difference both with her deeds and her words and with her example. And the, the art of leadership is about finding your core purpose for difference making and then pursuing it with confidence and passion, aware that you won't always know who follows you, but confident and believing that by putting your best effort into social impact, you will have ripples of influence well beyond the immediate work of your, of your venture. What could the Aspen Institute be that it's not right now? Well, the Aspen Institute has this awesome reputation for excellence. We convene great thinkers. We put on excellent programs. We uh, have policy programs that solve problems in a major way. What I'm interested in doing is ramping up the impact still more and seeing if it's not possible for the Aspen Institute to partner with other change makers in society to come up with answers to, to the really big problems of tomorrow. Climate change, the impacts of technology and disrupting uh, people's economic futures, uh, the power and importance of facilitating uh, educational excellence for all students across uh, our country, the connection of the America with the world in such a way as to promote global harmony. Uh, all those are big, giant topics. And the Aspen Institute can and should be even more impactful in framing and solving problems. That's, I'd say, a, the big vision that we have together. Um, you know, this institute was formed just 70 years ago, and uh, it, has, it has had a major impact in many areas of, say, uh, national security um, or research about educational outcomes uh, or in preparing leaders to embrace the challenge of bringing values into the workplace and 
uh, caring about community and not just the bottom line. I don't see us taking a turn away from what we've done. I see us doing it with an even more joyful spirit and even more sort of like competitive, restless ethos to be difference makers. Dr. King said in, uh, again and again that people of goodwill need to put their bodies and souls in motion for change. Uh, it's critical that we all come together to address the driving issues of the day. Uh, to me, those are things like educational inequity, uh, the uncertain economic future for people all across America, from the heartland to our to cities, uh, and the critical importance of uh, renewing the American tradition of inclusivity and of common purpose. Those are big issues that matter, and everybody should be involved. The Aspen Institute will be continuing to develop new ideas that frame and solve problems in those space, in those different spaces. And all of us together, as uh, citizens of a democracy, I think should remember Dr. King's challenge, put our bodies and souls in motion for change to make a difference for this country for tomorrow. And with that, Dan Porterfield, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you very much, Zach. Good to be with you. All right. Thank you, you, Dan. See you soon. Dan Porterfield is the new president and CEO of the Aspen Institute. That's it for the first episode of Season 2 of Aspen Insight. But don't worry, we'll be back with a new episode this Thursday. Make sure you subscribe to the show, and if you want to help others find Aspen Insight, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Also, let us know what you think and the topics you'd like to hear by using hashtag Aspen Insight on Twitter. You don't need to be familiar with the Aspen Institute to give a suggestion. Our experts cover the gamut. Aspen Insight is a production of the Aspen Institute, and the Institute is a nonpartisan forum for values-based leadership and the exchange of ideas. I'm Marcy Krivenin. And I'm Zach St. Louis. Thanks for listening.